Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the first pick in the NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select 10,000 layups. 10,000. Ten thousand layups. Hello, good friends. We're back for long three, time no see. <laughs> three episodes in three days. Um, I'm Kyle Radke here with Julian Andrews. Julian, what welcome up? back. Thank uh, you. Of course, like three hours after we post our podcast yesterday, the world starts on fire. Um, and yeah. we get a Woj bomb. And right away when I saw it, uh, I was like, this isn't real. Um, that yeah. seems. And then you, like, you see the, the Woj verification and you're like, and then you get the text messages and you're like, oh, my God. So um, we had a lot to talk about. But uh let the wolves traded for Rudy Gobert yesterday yep. and they gave up a lot to get him. Yep. Um, the trade was the wolves get Rudy Gobert and the Timberwolves give up Malik Beasley, Walker Kessler, uh, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt and four first round picks. And that's not including Walker Kessler, who was a first round pick this year. It is a 2023 pick 2025 pick 2027 pick a pick swap in 2026 and a top five protected pick in 2029. All those other picks are unprotected. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess, like, that's first off, like, what gut reaction from looking at this trade? I mean, it's like, it's a lot to give up. But at the same time, like, I love it. I, I don't know. It just, I don't know what you're doing if you're the Wolves, if you're not going to go for it right now. Because you have Cat, who you just locked in in the peak of his prime, you have Ant for, you know, the foreseeable future, but, like, he could really break out this year if this is what we saw in the playoffs. And then you pair them with, like, Rudy Gobert. I mean, I think people are forgetting how good Rudy Gobert is. Like, I think that's part of this. And I think, I honestly, I was thinking about this yesterday. I think it's because we've all spent so much time 
like in our minds trying to tear down Rudy Gobert because we want Cat to make all NBA teams. Like yeah. I truly think That's that Wolves fans point. have convinced themselves that Rudy Gobert is like not good. But I mean he's incredible. Like and that and then also you've Delo now, who I guess I think well, I assume we'll talk about this, but like he's not your fourth best player. And, and and that's a way better situation. Like, I don't know. I just think if you look at this team right now, it's scary. And I just don't know why Wolf fans aren't more excited. I know it's a lot to give up, but like first round picks there, there are players on this team. I tweeted about this yesterday. There are players on this team who will fetch first round picks if you really need to blow it up. But like, yeah. this is good. We want to have stars. We have three stars on this team right now. And that's awesome. Yeah. So Let's hit on a few things here. I, I agree with you. I, the thing is, every argument that I'm in, or not every argument, but every text thread that I'm on with any friends or any discussion that I have, I'm actually constantly playing devil's advocate where I'm either uh, yeah, <laughs> supporting the move or I'm against it because I don't quite know how I feel yet. Like, yeah, giving up four first-round picks for a guy who sometimes gets played out of the playoffs um, is like, wow, okay, what are we doing? Paying four first round picks and then some players for a guy who's going to get paid $46 million and age 33. Yep. Uh, okay. That I, I have my concerns, but I, I, but I do agree with you in the sense of like, what are you like the 2023 and 2025 for sure. You hope are going to be, you're making the playoffs next year. Like if you're not That's a playoff sure. team, it's a complete disaster. So like that pick is going to be in the twenties. 2025, you hope the exact same because Anthony Edwards is going to be three years better, right? Yep. Um, then you go to 2027, you hope the same thing is true. I, I get nervous with like the, the, because like, you know, it takes one injury in one of those years for things to go weird. But again, like if we're nervous about an injury and that's not why we're going to give up a pick to get a player, right. um, then I guess like the other side of that argument is like, well, picks in their 20s are valuable. Rudy Gobert was a 27th pick in 2013. And you're like, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, just like I the Wolves, like I understand that the Wolves sent out a lot of fan favorites, and I understand this is a lot of picks to give up. But if you, if this, if these actually turn out to be picks in like the late teens or twenties, the Wolves were never winning a championship. You know, yeah. like, you know, like it just was never going to happen. And Unless the you're getting the once in generational like Giannis pick, right? Exactly. Like, and and even then, like it's years to develop, and then your timeline with Cat is kind of wonky and it's just i i don't i'm it's just nice to see the wolves like trying something you know because we've just been saying like oh this guy's gonna be so good in five years like forever forever (laughs) and it's really really nice that the wolves just said you know what f it like let's just try this like let's try to get i mean if if you think that pairing cat with a center is a good move this is the absolute best version of that that you can create. Like whether or not you think that's a good idea. Like I feel that like I, I understand the arguments, but if you think that putting cat next to a center is a recipe for success, Rudiger bears the best possible person. Yeah, no, but, and let, let's go through some of that. I said so that I think that's a pretty good point too. Um, so last year, 16 points per game, 15 rebounds per game, two blocks per game, three-time All-Star, three-time Defensive Player of the Year. If you're wondering, who is Rudy Gobert? Uh, Rudy Rudy Gobert has three years um, on his contract left. He'll get paid $41 million next year. Or, sorry, four years left. $38 million this year, $41 the next, $43 the next, and then $46. Obviously, the cap's going up, so some of these numbers won't seem as bad as they they are. Um, The type of player he is, he's not a shooter. Um, He will not shoot. 
Um, yep. He's not as what you'd call a stretch five by any means, but you don't need that because you're pairing him next to Towns. He's offensively, he's a lob threat. Um, and that's where we talk about D'Lo and we say, what does it mean for D'Lo? And um, my inkling is this means D'Lo probably stays because I don't yeah. know. Like, yep. But let's go back to when D'Lo had its most success. It's when he was in Brooklyn with Jared Allen and yep. he was throwing up lobs to Jared Allen and they were easy buckets, right? Because you think about this. D'Lo gets past his first guy. The defense has to make a decision. Do you collapse from Towns in the corner? Um, or do you come away from Gobert, who's going to, like, slam it, right? Yeah, like, just you saying that, like, makes me so excited. And it's, like, either D'Lo or, like, sub D'Lo for Anthony Edwards or Jordan McLaughlin or, like, any of these guys. Like If you, um, put, if you have Cat and McDaniels, like, in the corners and then you have Rudy Gobert in the middle and then like Ant as a cutting threat like that's terrifying for for defenses and I know that's like a best case scenario but yeah that's like that's pretty fun to think about I agree um and then you go into now let's go like yeah, the, the one part that makes me nervous I guess about it and like picks aside right like we, we can yeah. argue that to the death of like did we give up yeah. too much well I don't yeah. know um you really don't know until like you know, suddenly in 20, 2026, when the pick swap is the number two pick for their number eighth pick or whatever, it's like, oh, shit, I wish uh-huh. we didn't have to give up the number two pick. But like the hope is the thing is, if 2026, if you have the number two pick, unless there's a crazy injury, you already know you lost the trade in a colossal yeah. way. And like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, and I think you bring up a good point, right? Because like Royce O'Neal just got a first round pick. Granted, yeah. it was like a late first round pick. But like you have guys on your roster now where it's like you could like you could fetch a first round pick for somebody at the, at the deadline or, you know, like in the, in the off season, if you needed to, um, this all goes South, you trade cat like that. That's the out. And like, it's, it's like weird to say that cause I don't want the Wolves to trade cat. And I don't think it's going to come to this, but if you need, if you feel like you really need to recoup value, like imagine the return you could get on him. Like in, yeah. in today's NBA, like that's the thing that's like, to me, it's like, okay, like if it really doesn't work, all right, you just roll with Gobert and Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Um, no, I I, I, I I agree with that. Um, I, I guess, like, if we're going to talk, let, let's talk lineups now. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, we talked about D'Lo, and, like, it probably means he's staying, of course, by the time we release this. There'll probably be a D'Lo yeah, trade and traded, we'll yeah. be back <laughs> tomorrow or something. Um, so, like, D'Lo's probably going to stay, especially with Beverly leaving, because... Yep. I, nope. I I don't I never liked the idea of like Beverly being the starting point guard anyways, nope. but like he is like a guy like another ball handler type, so he's gone. So you have Russell, Edwards, McDaniels, Towns, and Gobert as your starters yep. off the bench. And the two the, the two big winners out of this deal really are McLaughlin and Jalen Noel. Oh yeah. Um because McLaughlin slides right into the backup point guard spot, a place where we saw him shine in the playoffs and literally I, I don't want to be like, oh my God, we've been saying this for two years, but like on this podcast, we've literally fucking said for two years, like <laughs> give Jordan McLaughlin more minutes every time he plays good stuff happens. And like, for some reason last year, Finch like ignored McLaughlin until the very end when it was like, oh shit. Like we like Jordan McLaughlin actually makes everyone better. And like, sure. Like in the playoffs, he's going to be small and like he might get hunted defensively, but guess what? That's, That's exactly a, point guard. like we, we just, yeah, ex- exactly. We just watched every player in the playoffs, like, like Peyton Pritchard got targeted and granted they just traded for um, Brogdon, but like 
there's guys on every like yep. good team that's going to have like a defensive liability. And like, you just have to like figure that out. Right. Um, Jalen Noel, a huge winner. Beasley's gone, you know, and, and now all the stuff that was that Finch was saying over the last week makes more sense Yep, where it was like pretty clear. And like, we probably should have talked about this more, I guess, yeah. but pretty clear that Beasley was going to get traded. Um, you know, and then, and then you have Anderson and Prince, um, playing that like backup small forward slash power forward spot. Um, and then Nas Reed is a big winner as well. Yeah. Who'll, who'll come in and kind of be that, like the, the reserve big. Now you, the thing is with this lineup, um, the Timberwolves signed Bryn Forbes, by the way. Yeah. was like a, a point nice, guard. Shooting nice, guard. Signer. nice signing. Yeah. Who, who can shoot the hell out of all. You still need another big now. Um, I know we got Gobert, but like you, you kind of ruined your depth at the position and it seems like you need someone to fill in that like Nas Reed backup role. Yeah, I think you need a backup. Yeah, for sure. You need a backup center. But also, like, you can imagine them playing, like, how we were talking about the flexibility of this lineup with uh, on the last pod. I My initial reaction was like, well, there goes that. But I actually think you really do still have a lot of that because you can do things like run Cat or Gobert out with the backups. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, try to get Cat five minutes a game against backup bigs. Like, those are winning minutes. Um I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of things they can do, but yeah, they probably do still do need some more size. Yeah, I I think so. Um, you, you know, like another thing to and, and forgive me if uh, I feel like I'm I'm uh, a little slower today. Except to sim, it's a Saturday. It's all good. Uh, it's all good. Um, I, you know, the the one thing I do get nervous about again, like. Again, we talked about the picks. The picks are the picks that are the picks. Um, that's like that's going to be a conversation. I'm not too worried about the players, but is there yeah. anyone out of that group that you'll miss the most, or do you think the Timberwolves will miss most? Well, they'll miss Bev. For me, it's Bev. Yeah, I think the obvious choice is Beverly because um, with, with Vanderbilt, you get a guy that you hope that Gobert is just doing all the things Vando did, but better. And like Vando's great because he's a hustle guy. Um, like right, I mean, he's like a yeah. He's like a rim protecting power forward that's undersized, and Gobert is just like a taller, yeah. way better version of, and he can't shoot offensively. He's like, like a mini me of Rudy Gobert. Exactly. I mean, is it like slotting in a three-time Defensive Player of the Year and like the best rebounder in the league to replace Fando in the starting lineup, which was a starting lineup that was already one of the best on offense in the league in the second half of the year and like a top fifteen defensive team. Like, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. that that's significant. Um, no, I mean, it's Beverly. It's, but, but it's also like, I, I think he missed Beverly more for his leadership and his kind of what he did off the court than what he actually did on the court. Because I mean, he was a good, he, I mean, he was a very good defender. Um, but like, let's not kid ourselves. Like the, Beverly wasn't great in the playoffs. No, like, well, but let, let's get sentimental here. Like did Beverly, like Beverly did his job here. Like he yeah, came oh, in for one year. Yeah taught the guys how to win, I mean. yes. taught the guys yep. how, to, how to have that chip on the shoulder. And like, unfortunately, like, I don't know. It, it reminds me of like, like an action movie, right? Where like the yeah. the master comes in for a little bit and then like, yeah, there's like dies. a scene of him dying and yeah. he like looks at the, he looks at the student and he's like, you learned everything you need to know. Like, yeah, go, totally. go find the, you know, the, and the it seems like the Wolves handle this professionally. It doesn't seem like Bev, Pat Bev has the same like chip on his shoulder about, this that he did like about the Clippers. Um, although he probably will by the time the season starts, it's Pat Beverly. I'd it's, be a little disappointed if he didn't like try to, he'll find a way. <laughs> yeah. I'd like try to kill cat. I better. wonder if he, I, <laughs> my guess is it's probably not over with. I mean, I, my guess is he'll get traded again. Um, yeah. 
But dude, and another thing, and I don't want to like toot our own horn on this podcast, but like we've brought up contracts before and like, yep. you know, and people are like, oh my God, is Pat Beverly really worth 13 million? And um, the Vanderbilt contract actually ended up being, being a pretty good steal. But like the, the Beasley contract, like a lot of these contracts are just like the perfect contracts to trade. And even like you look at, and we just signed Kyle Anderson and Tareen Prince. I don't want to like the ship contract. them off already. But like, <laughs> yep. but like Prince is getting paid 6 million a year and Anderson's getting paid 9 million a year. And suddenly it's like, you combine that and that's a $15 million deal. Yep. Um, where it's like, granted, I don't know like what, like how much depth you can afford to get rid of. But like, if you combine that with D'Lo, there's suddenly some weird, like two for one or three yep. for two type of deal. Um, do you get nervous at all? Like looking at, like we just watched the playoffs and yeah. I, I think you can, I think you can really make both arguments because the NBA certainly like centers matter again. And I think five yeah. years ago it was like, wow. Okay. It's like we were literally calling everyone a unicorn if they could play center and they could, they yeah. could do something else. And now it's like, well, no, a center is actually just important. Like we just saw like last year, we saw a bunch of centers have like significant roles, but also there are teams and yeah. I think of like the Clippers because Paul George will play a lot of power forward. And I think of, we just watched Tatum in the playoffs play a lot of power forward. Yeah. Like granted, these are very specific situations, but like if you anticipate the wolves being good and like making a playoff run, you're probably going to get past yep. the Clippers. Like what happens when Kawhi is playing the three and Paul George is playing the four and like you have to have Carl guard Paul George. Like, yeah. I, I mean, that's something they're going to have to figure out. I think, Granted, it's like, or Batum's, like, you know, like maybe right. they have someone else in, but also, like, if Kawhi's playing the three and they have Norman Powell playing the two and John Wall playing the one, like, there's no obvious choice for Carl to guard if Gobert's guarding, like, granted. If Gobert's guarding Rocco at the five. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, or or they just uh, signed Zubach to that yeah, like, yeah, three yeah, or 30 totally. minutes. So, but there's just, like, all these scenarios where I'm like, in theory, having two big men, especially in the regular season, sounds great. But it feels like it I mean, feels yeah. like there's going to be nights where Rudy Gobert plays like 22 minutes per night just because of the matchup, and that's not something that I'm necessarily like, oh, cool, we gave up a bunch of picks for the guy that could only play 22 minutes in this series. Yeah, I I get that concern. I would I guess my first response would be to say like, find me a team that's not going to have trouble with PG and Kawhi. You know, at the three and the four, which again is a bit of a cop out answer. But my like non cop out answer is that like I don't. I've been see if like reading a lot of Twitter threads and articles about this, and I'm I'm really on the fence about how much all of this stuff that happened in Utah was like really Gobert's fault. You know, like did did Gobert get played off the floor in Utah, or or was he just put in impossible positions because like the Jazz, he was asked to do like everything for the jazz and the defensive end. And I think that like, to a certain extent, like if you have cat at the four, you're going to need to rely on Gobert to like back him up. But I think that's kind of the point of this, of this deal, right. Is to have somebody behind cat who can do that. So I guess it's not like cat was shutting people down before, like at the five. So I, I don't know, man, it's like, it's really hard to speculate because I don't think that, we've seen this type of a situation with like this quality of a player in like that we have in Gobert. Like this is way better than any of the teams. I think that he played in, in Utah 
And I know that yeah. those teams were good, but like if you look at the like position by position, like who these guys are, like this is a better defensive team outside of Gobert than many of those Utah teams were. Like Jaden McDaniels, good defender, you know. Like and says something about that. Like the reports were like Utah was like give us Jade McDaniels and the Wolves were like, no, take two first round picks more. Like, yeah, we're not getting rid of Jade McDaniels. Anthony Edwards, like turning into a good defender. Like, I, I think there's just like more that you can do here, like with the length, with the size, than Utah could do. But no, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to answer this. The question of like, okay, if you're playing against a team that's playing multiple wings, at the three and the four, which is going to be a lot of teams. Like, I don't know, but it's, but it's like my answer to that, I guess would be like, it's a three time defensive player of the year. Like rely on him. But at the same time, like put Jane McDaniels on one of them. I mean, like put, put Ant on Paul George, hide cat. Like, I don't know. I feel like you can kind of do some funky stuff. And then I guess you have to like cat guarding a two, which is not good, but find the guy who you can exploit. And, and move well, cat there. I don't I'll, know. It's, I'll it's answer hard. my own question here. Like, I yeah, think there's a lot it. of talk of like Gobert getting played out the court. Okay. Like, and certainly we've seen playoff series where like he gets exposed, but like getting played off the court is probably not fair. So Rudy Gobert has averaged 30 minutes per game in his career. Um, uh-huh. Let's go to the last, um, I don't know, six playoff series with him. 2022 against the Mavericks, six game series. He played 33 minutes per game. Yeah. 2021 against the the Clippers, 36 minutes. 2021 against the uh, Grizzlies, 33 minutes. 2020 against Denver, 39 minutes. Um, That's like most important player minutes. You know, (laughs) basically, my point is, besides his rookie year, or uh, sorry, besides when he was 24 in his first playoff series against the Clippers, he played 21 minutes per game. The very next round, he played 35 minutes a game. Um, so there might be a series like that, hopefully not, but the, the, there might be a series, and hopefully over the next five years, we have 20 playoff series, right, or whatever, right. that yep. we can look yep. back on, or, you know, 20, I guess, would be like we win every title. But, like, I mean, hopefully, hey. ho- hopefully <laughs> you have double-digit playoff series, and if you look back and you go one where you're like, oh, shit, Gobert really couldn't play in that series – you're going, okay, fine. But if he's playing 34, 35 minutes in every other series, yep. you're fine. Um, so I, I kind of answered my own question there. Yeah. Um, all right, before we go, um, there's like, there's going to be a lot to talk about throughout the coming yeah. weeks. So like, I don't want to like hammer on this too much. And people listening to this probably have already been through Twitter and everything. And um, there's certain people on the extremes that are like, oh my God, the Wolves gave up way too much. Like, this is such a stupid move. This is a Herschel yeah. Walker trade all over again. No and way. to those people, I say you probably don't know much about the NBA draft. If you think, um, certainly it could be the Herschel Walker trade, I guess, but they would have to hit on every single pick. And even if every pick was in the top five, the chances of you hitting on five picks or four picks is um, pretty um, not going to happen. It's, it's yeah, no, pretty unlikely. Yeah. Um, then the other side is like, oh my God, the Wolves become the the you know a, a huge contender and a title contender. Yeah. And it's like I don't I don't know if we're there yet, but like let's go through the West right now. Um, Cause I think we can go through like, what, do, what do the wolves need to do to win this, tr- like for this trade to win? And the, the answer is probably like in the next four years, you need to make a Western conference finals. Um, is that uh, yeah. fair? I mean, that's uh, if, if that's your, I will say this. I think if that's your criteria for this trade being a win, then there's a pretty good chance that's going to happen. I, 
and we it's weird because I actually think you're right. Like I like I think like we just saw the Mavericks come in and yeah. they they went to the Western Conference Finals. It's like you're telling me the like the Wolves with this lineup like they would have beat Memphis for sure. Oh yeah. Um, the Golden State series would have been difficult, but like then That's a lot of sudden, size against Golden yeah. State. And then yeah, so I, I don't know what I don't like, want to get ahead just of myself. One quick point though, like we always talk about how like like the, this is going to be a problem for the other teams too like having Kat and Gobert on the floor together. You yeah. know, like it's not just going to be a problem for the Wolves. Like I get that it presents some challenges for the Wolves defensively, but the other team has to worry about guarding Kat and Gobert. That's a great. You point. know, and so like I don't want to I don't want to lose that in this like conversation about how it's difficult to play two centers at, at the same time because like, like who Paul George is, has to guard Carl. Paul George right? has to guard Carl. Right. Yeah. yeah, you know. So um okay, let's go through final thing before we go. I got to clean up. We're having people over to grill for uh fourth of july and for for saturday (laughs) and i'm going golfing so um just gotta make sure i do all my things before before i go get my chores done seriously seriously i gotta um okay let's go through the list phoenix wolves or phoenix you're probably taking phoenix right i'll see what happens for the rest of the summer but it's competitive yes but let's let's just like for the sake of this sure also not being homers we'll go we'll go phoenix memphis or minnesota Minnesota. I agree. Um, Golden State or Minnesota? Um, really close. I'm having a hard time with this one, especially given like all the losses that Golden State's taken in the last couple of days. Um, I don't know. I guess I'll give it to the Warriors just because they just won a championship and it feels disrespectful not to. But there's and- part of me that wants to say Minnesota. I agree, I agree with you, but and like we've never seen this team play together with Minnesota. Yeah, so like, right. Exactly I, exactly. I agree. Sure, sure. As of now, Warriors. Yeah, Dallas. Um, I, I think we'll take Minnesota. Wolves. Yeah, Utah. We'll take in Minnesota. Definitely. Uh, Clippers. Ugh. You probably take the Clippers if yeah. they're getting Clippers all these guys back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is where it gets interesting. I think with these next two teams, um, Denver. I'm taking the Wolves. Okay. Um, I think that's actually pretty fair because I think they're getting worse this off season by making these like these kind of like rosters or these money saving moves. Um, okay. And then new Orleans. I'm taking the wolves. Okay. And so, um, I mean, I mean, if we're, and what I meant by that was it gets interesting because you're getting Zion back and you also, yeah, but- you have Zion Ingram and McCollum. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I, I, I do agree with you. I would take the wolves. Like, I, think I mean, I just think like if we're assuming that, uh zion's back healthy like that's also an assumption so that puts the wolves as the four seed. um four seed in the west home court advantage in the playoffs give it to me i agree it can happen yep um all oh, right man it's gonna be an yep. exciting season it's gonna be really interesting i'm like i'm just really excited to see this happen to kind of like see how this goes because this like as a person who's rooted for like small market teams my entire life i've never seen a team that i'm a fan of push their chips into the table like this and it's really exciting like i'm glad that Connolly and the new ownership like can do this and this is pretty rare like teams don't do this that often and so like just being able to watch this and see how it goes and maybe it's a huge catastrophe but if it's not like there's real, real upside here, and like I, I just, I'm really excited to see this play out. I, I, I am too. Um, I, I have like some nervous energy. Um, yeah, same. Yeah, uh, around it, but like it's, it's a positive nervous energy because it's like, I think we get so negative, especially Minnesota fans, that like 
no matter what our team does, we complain about it. Um, where it's like, oh my god, th- we didn't do anything this offseason. We suck. Yeah. And then it's like we do something, and I'm like, oh my god, we gave up too much for a center that can't play in the playoffs. And I'm just like repeating all things I've said over the last 24 hours. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm still like comp- comprehending it. Overall, I'm optimistic, and like it means the Wolves are going to be way better than we thought they were going to be in the next three mm-hmm. years. So, like that's mm-hmm. a positive. Um, and now now you have some like you have some roster space where you can like add in some other guys that we're going to get to know and like. Yeah. Um, Suddenly, like, I don't want to say, like, ever Minnesota is a destination, but if you're the four seed, like, and you're, you know, competing in playoff games, suddenly in a year from now, right? It's like, who's that guy that instead of making nine million is willing to take six so you can sign another player yep. to come here, right? Like, who, you know. And in two years, I think players are going to really want to play with Ant. I think we're like, we haven't even talked about how, like, Ant's development factors into this. Yeah. You know? Like, if, yeah, I don't know. We can go down into that, like down that road, a different pod, but go to your chores. Go to my chores. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Three in one week. Um, what a crazy free agency. Uh, maybe we'll be back next week with a pod. Maybe we won't. We'll see what happens in Will's land. Um, we're exhausted. We need, we need to rest. This, like, we did like three back to backs. This is like the Pelicans a few years ago. I remember that's like a back to back to back at the end of the season. And that's, that's what it's we're going through right, right now. now. Yeah. Just as tired. Just as tired. All right, gang. Um, Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.